live from Studio B in Athens, Ohio. You're listening to Sports Beat on WB 13:4 a.m. with Shane Scalfaro, Caleb McCluskey, Darius Sethna, hosted by me, Alex Michalik. This week we'll be talking about Ohio softball and the miraculous turnaround that has occurred the past couple of games. Ohio baseball splitting the series with Toledo and have now lost six of their past eight. The Cleveland Cavs play in matchup against the Brooklyn Nets. The Blue Jackets continuing to struggle and much, much more. Welcome to Sports Beat. Off the bat, uh, with Ohio softball, they had a huge, huge momentum swing in the past couple games. Um, they were on a seven-game winning streak. Um, they unfortunately lost, but uh, they have been on a tear recently. Uh, they swept Akron. Um, they scored late in the 63 win. Uh, when last I checked, they swept Ball State, although they had a game in hand, and they had a couple. They have a couple standout players so far. Um, Anyone have any thoughts on the softball team right now in their in their winning streak, Darius? I think this is a really exciting time to be a softball fan here at Ohio University. I'm looking at the standings right now, guys, and how about this, Bobcats? Thanks to that winning streak, nine and five in in the conference standings, uh, so that puts them in second place, only behind arch rival Miami, who have won six in a row. So if Miami doesn't go on this little win streak they're going on right now, we could be talking about Ohio being top in the MAC. So this is definitely a huge momentum swing that you were talking about, Alex. So have some big games these next couple of days, you know, obviously uh, home stand against Central Michigan and then going on the road to Kent for three or two games, excuse me. So the Bobcats are going to have their hands full, but I think they can manage given the way they've played. Yeah, Darius, I completely agree with everything that you just said, but Looking at at least two of the Akron games, at least the 2-1 to win and then the 2-0 win, I think that really shows how much effort the softball team has been putting in recently to make sure teams don't score. Because for our fellow viewers, as we said, it, I think it was, yes, last week on the show, they won against Miami 13-12. to And even though that a win is a win – you still probably should not let your opponents be this close with you and score this much. So I'm proud of our team for showing a lot of, yeah, just a lot of effort recently. And even with that Ball State loss, like Darius just said, we're second in the conference now. So this is a really good job by them. Yeah, I mean, also going off that, they so since that Miami game where they won 12 to seven, or not 12 to seven. Uh, thirteen twelve. No team has scored more than seven points, and it was the game after. And since then, since that game, the highest they've scored is five. So they've gotten a lot better at kind of playing the field more and not letting their opponents score as many points as they have been. And I think that's definitely helped to their win streak. And then they, I mean, they lost a close one to Ball State. They only lost in the mm-hmm. last inning. They gave up one run to lose the game, but still, they've kept it really close. But they've proven that kind of that's the way they play yeah I think you're completely right I'm looking at the scores here too Shane and 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 they're lost you know they lost by one but that's you know a low average baseball score four five you know that that's a pretty good defensive defensive show out all these other ones they had a shutout 2-0 a 2-1 so all these all these games they're playing a lot better defense and if there's one thing I had to add real quick is I was looking at the statistics if you go to the statistics part there's th- four uh, four women hitting over 300, and the number one thing that sticks out to me is Analia Paoli has a 1.046 on base percentage, which is crazy. That's extremely high. So um, you know if she can keep that up, well, she's hitting 380 at, at first, which is crazy in itself. But then she has a 1.046 uh, on base percentage, so she is getting on base, getting at least a single pretty much every time, statistically every time. And then all these other girls, you know, uh, Brooke Rice has a nine five six, Allie Engeland has an eight seven six. So, so they're they're having multiple people step up, take that role. Uh, what do you, any thoughts on that? Just overall, I think when we talk about this softball team, one name that needs to come up in the discussion is Annalena Annalia Paoli, like you said, Alex, because she really, to me, is. Um, one of the key factors in keeping this Bobcats team going off on the offensive side of the ball. You know, you look at seven runs in the win against Ball State in the first game, six runs in the second game. 
Although they lost, they still scored four games. And let's be honest, when you start a game on a Monday morning at 10 o'clock, come on, really? Are we? That, that, come on. Just, yeah. <laughs> but I think overall, you know, like you said, Alex, Annalena Paoli, to me, has got to be the driving force on the offensive side of the ball for the Bobcats, especially moving forward in, in these games against MAC opponents. Uh, and kind of going off of that, if you look at how they're batting against conference opponents, they have six people over a .3 batting average, and four of those people have over a one in on-base, whatever it's called. On-base percentage. Yeah, on-base percentage. You said that's in MAC play? Yeah. Wow. In conference. So, like, that just shows they're really showing up in these MAC games. Like, obviously, they've played Ohio State. Like, they've played some big out-of-conference teams, but they're showing up against these MAC teams. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's a really unique thing. Six girls over hitting over uh, 300, that, that's crazy. Um, and then we'll shift to the other side, um, Ohio baseball. So they last split a series with Toledo over uh, the, the weekend. It was uh, 2-2. Uh, it was win, loss, loss, win. And then yesterday uh, they took a pretty big loss to Marshall, 10-3. Mm. So they are now 13-15. They were looking pretty good um, earlier, and then, you know, they had a big stretch where they lost four in a row to Central Michigan and then uh, two to Toledo. So they are now, um, what is that, five? And they are two and seven in their last uh, nine games, I think. So they are on a very tough schedule. They are going to head to uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan, to take on Eastern Michigan, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Any expectations for that series, guys? Um, I'll start this off. I would least, and I'm going to hold all of our university teams accountable, at least go 50%. And obviously not all of us are going to know like how good Eastern Michigan is, but I would hope to see them at least go 2-2, two two, especially after that horrible loss to Marshall and then even that like stunning loss to Toledo, that five to eleven loss with seven innings, that kind of concerns me. But even though they got that ten to three win the next day, I hope to see at least some more improvement in this Eastern Michigan series. Yeah, I mean Eastern is overall thirteen and sixteen and nine and seven in conference, so definitely a winnable game. They're on a three. Yep. Win, they're on a three win streak, and so the game. The games are at Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan is five and four at home. Yeah. So a little over five hundred at home. I think that's a def- I think at least going, like splitting it two and two is reasonable. Yeah, that's like these are reasonable games that they could win. And here's another thing, go- kind of going off what you were talking about, Shane, with the uh, the win- current winning streak that Eastern Michigan is on. In their last two games, they have combined for twenty six runs. They scored fourteen runs in a game against Miami this past Sunday. And then the next day against Miami, both on the road, both games on the road, they scored 12 runs. So 14 runs one day, and then the next day you come back, score 12 runs. That shows me that this team has found some kind of offensive groove. So the Bobcats are going to have to find a way to neutralize that going yeah, forward. I, I agree with you, and that that's really impressive, putting up 26 runs in two games. Um, when I was doing a little bit of research on uh, this team here, I was looking at the Toledo wins. I wanted to see something. And in both wins, uh, if you look at that seventh inning, Ohio sc- against the first win on Friday, Ohio scored four runs in the seventh. And then on uh, Sunday, they scored five. So obviously, um, like, it doesn't matter what inning it is. But, like, it's it's interesting. Maybe there's a certain urgency that kicks in at that point. In those two wins, because four runs in one game and then five in one inning is impressive nonetheless, and it just happens to be the seventh inning. Uh, I just thought that was a unique thing to add real quick. Anybody have any thoughts? Um, I'll at least say this. For our viewers who are outside of the city of Athens, we have a college store that has a whole bunch of T-shirts and sweatshirts and clothes like that, but one of the brands is called Lucky Sevens, where you can get T-shirts for $7.77. So maybe the baseball team has learned some clothes from Lucky Sevens. Who knows? That's the exact reason why. That, <laughs> that's, that, that's it. We figured, we've solved Ohio baseball. <laughs> we cracked the code. Um, all right, so we're going to transition a little bit. 
uh, to, again, one of our favorite topics to talk about on the show, the Ohio men's basketball team. Uh, we called, or actually real quick, I called it, 100% I called it in the group chat. Uh, you can't see the receipts as listeners, but I called it. If you listened last week, I said he was going to transfer to Alabama. Mark Sears has officially transferred to Alabama. Um, ben Vanderplas is still in the portal, and then two other players have decided to enter the transfer portal. That includes uh, sophomore Sam Towns and sophomore Colin Granger. Uh, again, f- initial thoughts on Mark Sears to Alabama, anyone? Colin right. Sexton 2.0, that's all I have to say. Oh, Lord. I mean, I, I do think overall, I think he would be a, a really good fit with this Alabama team. Obviously, he's from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And the, the team itself, they've got some, they had some quality scorers last year. Jaden Shackelford averaged almost 17 points per game. They had two other players average double digits on the season in terms of points as well. So I think this team has some talent moving forward for sure. When I look at their record here, they did make the NCAA tournament. Um, but just looking at their overall record, I think this is a team that for sure has promise. And I'm excited to see how uh, Mark Sears can fit with the other top scorers on this team. Yeah, um, I was I was looking at that earlier, and there are three, if you go to the stats, there are three top scorers, uh, Jaden Shackelford, Javon Quinterly, and Keon Ellis, are all potential draft picks. So let's say hypothetically they get drafted. They're going to need some leadership, some scoring. So Mark Sears could have maybe a starting role, something along those lines. And again, yes, they did make the tournament. Uh, they did uh, um, make the tournament, but... They had one of the most up-and-down years in college basketball we've seen for a very, very long time. They had some crazy losses, some crazy wins. Um, I mean, they lost to teams like Mississippi State, but then they would be LSU and Baylor. Uh, They lose to Kentucky, but then they'd be other good teams. They had a very up-and-down season, so we'll see what Mark Sears can do with them. And just to point out real quick, um, the team, Alabama finished 13-4, and at home, but three and seven on on the road. Mm. They were only nine and nine against their conference opponents, so they only had an overall record of nineteen and fourteen. So I think a guy with like Mark Sears, you put on this, you put him on this team. Yeah, it's a twenty-five win team right there. I think. Yeah. Um, obviously, Old statement by Darius. People, we have that on record. I mean, I said Colin Sexton two point I wasn't kidding. <laughs> yeah, he said that. He was, wasn't I kidding. Was, <laughs> Little over the top, but he wasn't kidding. Um, obviously, we talked about uh, Ben Vanderplas is in the portal last week. We don't need to go over that again. Uh, just quickly, we all kind of think Wisconsin's the team to look out just because that's where he's from. Uh, and then the other players, Sam Towns and Colin Granger. Colin Granger did not get close to any minutes this year, but Sam Towns, he was an interesting player because he originally earlier in this season, I mean, when you have a guy 6'9, really tall, athletic, he got a lot of minutes and he, he played pretty solid and then towards the second half of the season kind of actually when they started going on their losing streak and and lost a couple he didn't get a lot of minutes so does anyone have any predictions or like a type of college he might fit in with it's tough it's honestly tough for me to see right now I think I need to see a little bit more from Sam Towns I think it would be better for him to develop with this young Bob, this young Bobcats group, you know he is only a sophomore, so he has some years ahead of him. I think this is going to be a huge year in terms of, like I said, his overall development. And I think, you know, with Jason Carter gone, Dwight Wilson most likely gone, I think this is going to be a huge year for Sam Towns to step up with the Bobcats. So I think this could be a big year if he does decide to stay in Athens for him to just develop his game and maybe get offers in the future. Yeah, Darius, I completely agree with you, but. I think that at least for our men's basketball team coaching staff, they got to think about next man up mentality. And obviously we could maybe get some more players over break or the summer. But if we decide not to, which would surprise me, then we just got to have next man up mentality. And for the sophomores who become juniors and freshmen who become sophomores, they got to step up and put in their part, and if they don't, then it's going to be a real long season for this men's team next season. Yeah, I think we can all kind of agree it's going to be a down year for sure. You know, you're losing a guy that went to 
or is going to now a, a Division One, extremely good program, SEC program. Uh, you're going to lose a guy who played at Xavier, a team that just won the NIT, and then you're going to lose Ben Vanderplas, a very reliable player and a fan favorite. And then we're going to take a um, quick switch to women's basketball real quick. I just want to say one thing. Um, WNBA draft was Monday night? Monday night. Monday night. And unfortunately, CeCe Hooks did not get drafted. Uh, she was... At the, when the end, when the end of the, when it was the end of the draft, she was the second or third best player still available. So she was very close to getting drafted. Uh, she would have been towards the end of the draft, anyways. But unfortunately, she did not get drafted. Uh, in our opinion, I think we can agree. WNBA is messing up by not taking her. Thrice, you agree with me? I definitely agree with you, Alex. But I think if you're CC, you just have to have that, you know, continue to fight, continue to push forward mentality. You know, Isaiah Thomas, who uh, was the top three MVP candidate a few years ago, was the very last pick in the NBA draft back in 2011. So, and, you know, here he then a few years later becomes an all-star. So he just, again, I think it's just, you know, continue to fight, continue to push forward. If you're CC, that day's going to come. I can, I absolutely can see her on a WNBA team one day. Yeah, we've all seen her play. We all know what she's capable of. So we're hoping for the best for her. <sighs> Staying with basketball here, we are going to transition to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they unfortunately lost their play-in matchup last night against the Brooklyn Nets. Per usual, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I toss things off to Darius first and foremost. Go ahead. Well, yeah, thanks, Alex. I think just, yeah, I'm going to keep this one short because I want to see what you, uh, Caleb, and Shane have to say on this one. Well, I just think when you're playing a team like the Nets, let's be honest, going into this game, did we really think the Cavs were going to be able to beat Brooklyn? After that first quarter, I honestly was considering turning the game off and just going to the rec center uh, and working out or something. I mean, it was just a terrible first quarter. You're down by 20. But then here's the thing. After the first quarter, the Cavs outscored the Nets for the remaining three quarters. And that, to me, I thought was really important. And then they only lost the game by 7, 115-108 final score. So it's not like the Cavs just completely fell apart after the first quarter. They came back. They showed some spirit. Darius Garland finishing with 34 points. Uh, but to me, it's just the fact that the the Nets are too skilled for the Cavs. Kevin Durant and Kyrie is just too much. Number one, uh, I'd just like to say I'm going to just go ahead and give this to you, Caleb your favorite person to slander on the Cavaliers. Isaac Okoro was 0 for 3 with 0 points. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking at the box score now, people, and I'm not going to be as hard as on him as I thought. Because Isaac Okoro, yes, he had 0 points and 1 rebound and 1 assist with no steals or blocks, but he only had 13 and a half minutes and was... 0 of 3 from 3, which were his only shots of the game. Um, in fact, I was not even thinking about slandering Isaac Okoro, but I am for sure slandering Karis LeVert today. In 40 minutes, 12 points, but 7 rebounds, 7 assists, and 3 steals, which is not terrible. But he's that guy. He's the scorer. He's not there to facilitate. He's literally there to be a scorer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Four for 12 from the field is not looking too good, buddy. But yeah, like when I was looking at the first quarter stats, it it reminded me of the Lakers. And Darius, I know this is your team, but you cannot let Kyrie go perfect from the field in the first half. I think it was nine of nine. That yeah. he went. He went ten. He went. He eventually was yeah. ten for ten in the in the second half, and then missed a three point shot. Yeah. And Cleveland, like, we literally had it all there. Like we've had, we have bench points. We have a good amount of rebounds, assists. We had nine steals for the game, which is a decent number. But that first quarter just killed the Cavs, man. Like that was just really it. Y'all could have had this game. See, I feel like I, I agree with you, but also I don't think it was the Cavs letting Kyrie do that. I just think it was Kyrie Irving is that good. He's that good of a player. Like, this is Kyrie Irving, one of the most crafty, elusive guards we've seen in 
a decade. The best ball handler in NBA history. Yeah, he might be the best ball handler in NBA history. So I, I don't think it was like the Cavs playing bad defense, although there was multiple defensive um, mistakes. But they were mostly, if you watch the game, in the paint and that kind of area. Emphasize multiple. Yeah, emph- yes, def- there was multiple. So I think, yeah, Kyrie Irving, but also, yeah, Kyrie Irving, if that makes sense. Yeah. Shane? That makes sense. Um, Yeah, I mean, definitely that first quarter hurt. Letting them score 40 points compared to your 20 hurts. And the fact that Seth Curry played 33 minutes and scored zero points and only had two rebounds, and you can't capitalize off somebody not scoring, and all game you can't figure out how to stop Kyrie or KD, it seems, I don't know, I I will say I feel like injuries have kind of plagued the Cavs this season, and that's been the story of the season is injuries. But, I mean, you got to, you it's like, that's what halftime adjustments are for. You got to learn how to stop KD or Kyrie, and they just didn't. And I will say props to Darius Garland. He did with his 34 points. I mean, he matched Kyrie in points. So, I don't know. I think injuries plagued them, and it finally fully caught up to him. I think also, you know, as I mentioned earlier, after that, that first quarter deficit was just too much to overcome because the Cavs, they outscored the Nets in all the remaining quarters. But... You know, when you're just 20 points down, that that's tough. And then you're going against Kevin Durant, who didn't have that many shot attempts to start the game. And then he eventually, towards the end of the game, started getting the ball, going to the free throw line. That's one guy in the NBA you do not want to foul. So, I mean, am I disappointed in the result? Yes. But I'm glad we put up a fight and did not get blown out. So I'm excited to see what happens Friday. Yeah. Uh, the Cavaliers will take on the winner of the Atlanta Hawks versus the Charlotte Hornets. Another thing the Cavaliers I want to say is NBA awards are coming up. Um, I don't think any have been announced, have they? None have been um, announced. Just the defensive yeah. player of the year, which was Marcus Smart, surprisingly. It got announced? Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I was going to say here is there are four Cavaliers in the running for different awards. So um, actually uh, one, two, three, four in different awards. So uh, Evan Mobley is predicted to win Rookie of the Year. Darius Garland is second um, in predictions to win most approved player. Kevin Love is third in predictions to win sixth man of the year. And coach uh, J.B. Bickerstaff is fourth to win coach of the year. So, you know, if all things go right, probably not going to happen. They could take home a lot of hardware in the NBA awards section. And I think everybody around the league recognizes they have a young core but, you know, I just wanted to add that, you know, all these all these guys have a bunch of accolades, Garland, most room player, love, uh, six man, and then Moby for rookie of the year. So the future is looking quite bright. Real quick, Darius or anyone, who would you rather play, the Hawks or Hornets? Um, yeah, I'll start off on this one. Guys, I, had a, I was thinking about this watching the game yesterday. I'll be honest with you, I'd rather see the Cavs play the Hawks on Friday night. The reason I'd rather see them play the Hawks is because – to me, when I look at this Charlotte team, Charlotte is more talented. They have more talented players than the Hawks. To me, the Hawks, everything starts and stops with Trey Young. If you neutralize Trey Young, you've basically neutralized the Hawks. Um, I'm looking at this Hornets team. There's too much to neutralize, kind of similar with the Nets. You have a guy in Terry Rozier who, in his last three games against the Cavs, has scored 23, 24, and 27. Now, Trey Young has also had a field day against the Cavs this year. He scored 24, 35, 41, and then 30 um, in a game, their most recent game at the end of March. To me, you put Isaac Okoro on Trey Young, I think you've got that game. But with the Hornets, you have so many pieces. LaMelo Ball's here. Terry Rozier's there. Miles Bridges is also a candidate for most improved player of the year. He's also a threat. P.J. Washington. I just think there are too many pieces that make me nervous on this Hornets team, whereas with the Hawks, it's more of neutralize this one guy and you have a very solid chance to win. So I'd rather see us play Atlanta in the playing game on Friday. Real quick, guys, Hawks or Hornets? Just I'm going to have to agree to Rias and go Hawks. But first, my deepest apologies. The I don't know where I saw the story that Marcus Smart won Defense Player of the Year, but that is not true. But, however, Michaela Bridges from the Phoenix Suns is now ranked first to win the award. Shane, Hawks or Hornets? Uh, yeah, I got to green go Hawks. All right. 
So we're continuing with sports here. We're going to switch to the Columbus Blue Jackets in the NHL. Um, finally got an overtime win. We've talked about it for the past couple weeks. They have struggled tremendously in extra minutes of the hockey games. Finally, finally got an overtime win against the Detroit Red Wings, 5-4 to four in OT. It's about time they got an overtime win. Finally, they got it. Um, they're on a one-game win streak, guys. They play tonight. They play against the Canadians, who are not a good team at all. A very winnable game. Do we think maybe, just maybe, after all this dissing of the Blue Jackets we've done over the past couple weeks, a little two-game win streak here? I mean, if I they mean, don't. As they should. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, as they should. I mean, there's literally a sleeping emoji in the calendar slot. Oh, it's for hotels, but still, this should be a sleeper. <laughs> yeah, the, the Montreal Canadiens are not a great team. Jackets finally got that overtime win. Uh, they've won two of their last three, uh, looking good. Again, they are all but out of the playoffs by now with only a couple of games left. They will miss the playoffs, unfortunately. But they are looking good for next season. Um, and then we will uh, quickly mention the uh, Masters tournament. Uh, Scott Scheffler won, his ma- won the Masters. Uh, I, was, I was reading some stuff about this. He has actually won four out of his last six major tournaments, which is absolutely insane. He's taken home over $9 million in the last 57 days from those tournaments. And obviously the story with any golf, Tiger Woods. We know he got in that car accident last February. People weren't expecting much. Didn't have a great outing towards the end, but he started strong after round one. He was uh, minus one, one under. Um, do we think that's good for Tiger, or did we think that's better than what we thought, Shane? Well, first of all, I I mean, after going one under after round one, I definitely thought he was going to be a little better than he was. Um but here's also the thing is I don't think Tiger came back. Like, obviously he wanted to win, but I don't think he came back to specifically win. I think he came back, A, because he loves his game. He loves the game of golf. And, B, I think he just came back to prove to himself that he could still do it. Because even, I mean, yeah, he went 13 over, but after going through what he did, I think he was maybe aiming for something like that. But, like, just to prove to himself that he can still do it. And then I think he'll come back at another one, and then people will – that'll be the talk is, oh, he went 13 over, what's he going to do now? And then shoots, like, four under or something. Yeah. Um, I think he's obviously one of the greatest golfers of all time. Uh, obviously, we're not going to expect an amazing showing winning the Masters after getting out of a car accident where, you know, doctors were saying might not even be able to walk again, might be paralyzed – but, you know, that one under after round one is really impressive. Just kind of shows Tiger Woods, the aroma around him, how good he is. And then um, a name, uh, Rory McIlroy, came in second. Uh, that's one of the only other big names that kind of finished really well. Dustin Johnson got 12th. Um, but, again, uh, Scott Scheffler, crazy. Four out of his last six tournaments he has won, taking over $9 million in the last phase seven days. We'll see if he can make a run in the next PGA tournament. Uh, taking it back to uh, other NBA news really quick, um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the NBA right now. Obviously, um, the biggest name in basketball, the biggest organization in basketball, the Los Angeles Lakers, have fired their head coach, Frank Vogel. Uh, we were talking a little bit before the show on our opinions on that, but I'll let these listeners hear it. Caleb, your thoughts on that? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to keep this as nice as I can. I'm excited to hear this, Caleb. <laughs> Lakers front office, Rob Polinka, Jenny Buss, etc. Frank Vogel is not known for offense. He is known for defense. And you're just going to fire him after three years? And the very first year, he won you a championship. And it's kind of being argued now that that quote-unquote bubble championship was one of the hardest championships to win at least mentally because these players couldn't see their families they couldn't see their spouses they couldn't see anyone outside of your team and eventually when that time came for them to see them it was already like the conference finals or something but 
I don't know what Lakers front office is thinking. Supposedly, there are now rumors they're going to get um, Nick Nurse from Toronto. But I heard Jawan Howard was also another name. And Mark Jackson is also another name. But Nick Nurse is still on their contract, so he's not leaving. And then I don't know what else they're going to be doing unless they're going to make one of the assistant coaches the head coach, which would be like a good scenario, I guess. But... At least another thing with the Lakers that I gotta say is, we just gotta trade Russ. I'm sorry, it's it's just not working, and I'm gonna pass this off to Shane for a few minutes. Yeah, um, let's be real. They got rid of the wrong guy. Because here's what I've said about the Lakers: when you bring in as many people as they did, who are old, they're all old. You have a lot of conflicting egos. When you have LeBron, you have Russ, you have AD, you have Carmelo, you have a lot of egos going on in that locker room. And you see it time and time again, too many egos don't work. So what do you do? You get rid of the egos. And arguably the two people with the biggest egos in that room are LeBron and Russ. You're not going to get rid of LeBron. Let's be real. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, what, one more year in his contract? He's getting that extension. And yeah, he's going to get extended. Like... They're gonna. They're not getting rid of LeBron, so cut the next biggest one. So get rid of Westbrook. You, I, you get rid of him now before the problem gets worse, and then nobody wants him. Trice. Well, to me, um, and I'll, I'll ask either of you. Either of you guys can answer this, but to me, Westbrook, who's gonna take on his contract? How do the what do the Lakers do? Because I was talking even with like a friend yesterday, and they were said the Lakers are just gonna straight up cut him. But do you do that? Because then you're not going to get any pieces for it. I would at least, you know, trade him for, as Chris Broussard was saying a couple of days ago on a show, pennies on the dollar. Like, even just trade him for a young talent to, like, just trade him to a bad team. What, what I mean, I don't know. Yeah, um, I was going to say, you know, it, it's – I don't think you cut him, but I think the expectations have to be lower for him. People are uh, still thinking of him as the, the, the triple-double machine, and that's just not who he is anymore, unfortunately. No. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, one thing I wanted to say is in their last game, so they beat the Nuggets 146-141, but the the box score is very impressive by these young guys. Malik Monk, 14 for 25, and then 7 for 14 from 3. Shooting 50% from 3 on 14 shots, very hard to do. And then, again, their team free throw percentage, 89.4%. Austin Reeves was 14 for 14 at the free throw line. That's Mark Sears' free throw percentage. Yes, sir, the boy. That's Mark Sears' free throw percentage. And then Austin Reeves also had 31 points, 10 assists, and 16 rebounds. So I think the young core is there. I know the narrative is LeBron doesn't like young players, but I don't think he's going to want all these old players now. So if I was the Lakers, you know, I think I would get rid of uh, Russ, and I think I'd get rid of Dwight Howard and, uh, you know, Stanley Johnson and some of those guys. But if I was the Lakers, I would keep Carmelo, and I would mm-hmm. definitely be a little bit confident you got guys like Monk and Reeves. I'm very confident in Malik Monk. He had a great season. Yeah. You know, Kentucky product, coached great throughout his career. Um so it's it it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do with that young core, but again in that last game, crazy forty two of forty seven from the free throw line, that is unheard of, especially from the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, and then I'll add on to what Alex was just saying. Um, if I actually had to like trade players, and I actually talked to my dad about this last weekend, and I would trade Russ, Kendrick Nunn. Dwight Howard, Bazemore, maybe DJ Augustine, it depends. And then I'm debating about Taylor Horton Tucker just because it's like on and off. Like it reminds me of AD's game all the time, even when AD is healthy. But we just got to see what they do in the offseason. Yeah, it, it it's going to be interesting. <clears throat> To see what they do in the offseason. Everyone's going to be watching that. Everyone's going to be seeing what they do. Uh, real quick, we got the 
Uh, matchup in the Eastern Conference, two versus seven. The Boston Celtics versus the Brooklyn Nets. Going to be a very watched series. Two East Coast powerhouses going up against each other. You guys have any predictions, any bold takes about that? What are your thoughts on that? Boston and six. I'm taking I'm taking Boston and seven. I think it's going to go the distance. You think that uh, they're not going to... Nets aren't going to make it out of the first round. Absolutely not. The no. Celtics defense is way better than the Cavs defense. I'll tell you this, guys. Nets aren't scoring 40 points in a quarter against the Celtics. That, and then you just see the individual firepower of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. It's going to hurt that they're not going to have Robert Williams there in the center to kind of hold down the fort. But I think the greatness of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown has been on display these last few months, and their defense has been absolutely phenomenal. I would rather let Andre Drummond go off for 20 and 20 than KD and Kyrie both getting 20-plus points. Right. I'm going to raise you both one. Ready? Hot take. I'm going to say Celtics in five. No. Absolutely not. Not Not touching game six. KD would not let that happen. If it did, his reputation would go down the drain. You heard it here first. Um, (laughs) Hot take there. Um. And then in the Western Conference last night, we had the Minnesota Timberwolves, Timberwolves taking on the Los Angeles Clippers. The Minnesota Timberwolves, obviously, we know, have struggled for a very long time. They've been one of the struggling franchises in the NBA for as long as we can remember. But they did uh, re-sign their head coach, and they did win last night. They are going to the playoffs. They had a pretty solid game, but obviously, I think when you look at the box score and when you also think of the Minnesota Timberwolves, your mind immediately pops to Carl Anthony Towns. And he didn't show up last night. He fouled out. Yeah. He 3-for-11 with 11 points, fouled out. I think at one point I was watching the game, he had two points and four fouls. So, <laughs> yeah. So he, he kind of shrunk there. But, you know, the Timberwolves are getting back to the playoffs. They have a lot of young talent. They are a pretty well-rounded team, I would say. And the Clippers, you know, I always root for the Clippers as long as they're not playing the Cavs just because Jason Preston – and unfortunately, they did not win, but they will get a chance to play the uh, winner of the Spurs Pelicans. Yes. So and the Clippers are going to the playoffs, is what you're saying? Yes. yes. <laughs> As yes. they should. Or Paul George has, like, lost. Yep. But I'm happy Patrick Beverly's going back to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, he's a very interesting character. Oh, yeah, for sure. All but, right. And then I was, I was wondering. Um, what are your guys' um, NBA award predictions? Uh, we'll just start with uh, Rookie of the Year and then from there, you know, MVP, stuff like that. We'll just go around the table, Darius. So for the awards you're talking about earlier, Alex, Rookie of the Year to start off, it's got to be Evan Mobley, hands down. I think that there is some competition between him and, Scott, and Scotty Barnes. I've heard some – Kate Cunningham could be in this, in the discussion, no. but no no way. It's it's down to Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. I'm giving it to Evan Mobley um, over him. I'm taking Darius Garland as most improved player as well. He has just – he has been the lifeline that this Cavs team has needed, especially with all the injuries. He is showing you night in, night out that he can um, – he's given me some Allen Iverson vibes, just the fact that he can – control a franchise and take take a franchise on his carry a franchise on his shoulders six man of the year i'm gonna have to go with tyler hero um for the miami heat really tyler See, that hero, one, i don't think there's any debate tyler hero i just think is too great of a score um he's he's just i think he at this point he's better than than kevin love kevin love might have the better leadership impact with the Cavs, but I just think in terms of six man of the year, stat-wise, it's got to be Tyler Hero. Coach of the year, I'm going to go with um, Taylor Jenkins of the Memphis Grizzlies. I think the fact that at one point Memphis, without John Morant, had a record of 18-2, and two, mm-hmm. that speaks dividends to who you are as a coach, and that, that team is really going to make some noise in the playoffs. They can, they can go to the conference finals, I think. I'm picking Phoenix to win the West, but if we saw a Grizzlies-Suns Western Conference Finals, man, that would be the day. So I got to get give Taylor Jenkins the um, Coach of the Year, and then finally for MVP, it's a toss up between Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid. I'm gonna have to go with Joel Embiid, just because the fact that Joel, you're shaking your head here, Alex. Joel Embiid before he got James Harden had no one on that team, 
And, and yes, Tyrese Maxey, I think, has been playing really well this season. But the Sixers aren't looking at a playoff position if Joel Embiid is not putting up monster minutes, monster stats. And he's he's got to be my MVP for sure. Caleb? All right. So I'm basically going to have to agree with um, Mobley for Rookie of the Year and then Garland for Most Improved Player. And Sixth Man of the Year is kind of a toss-up for me because I think there are a lot of players who actually could fit this role. And somebody that stood out to me was actually Jordan Clarkson a little bit this year for a sixth man. Won it last year. Mm-hmm. And I think he could run it back. I mean, I would love to see him do it again. I mean, he he was a cab at one point. I mean, but – and then I also agree with Coach of the Year. But MVP, I think it was maybe four weeks ago I said Ja was, like, in the running for this. I would like to see him win it, but since because of his – um, the knee injury he's been having, I'm going to have to go yoke Nikola Jokic of Denver. Now, hear me out, Darius. Nikola Jokic has been on his own all year long. Exactly. He has not had Jamal Murray. And Jamal Murray is nowhere close. All due respect to him because I love him as a player. Nowhere close to James Harden. Absolutely oh, he's, he's close. He's not... He's not James he's Harden. Close? He's not. He's. He's. he's did not you see him close. in the? Did you see him in the bubble? He's not close. He's not did you close. see him in the, Christ, in the bubble? No. Okay, fine. Take the take the Jamal Murray stuff out. Who? Which conference is better? East. The East is clearly way better. Joel Embiid and the Sixers are fourth in the East. Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets are sixth in the West, and the West is not really that good. Me, the West me, is the Suns, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, and and a bunch of other kind of mediocre teams. Let me edit Dallas you. is mediocre. Dallas is not. I don't. They can win the if they if Luca does not come back for the Jazz, they'll lose. That I series. did see that last night. Let I me, was no, that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen, bro. Keep Luca out the last game. Let me yeah. let me edit your statement. It's not Joel. It's so it's it's Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, but it's not Joel Embiid and the Sixers. It's Joel Embiid. Tyrese Maxey, James Harden in the Sixers. It's <laughs> okay. Nikola Jokic in the Nuggets. But the but the West is not as good. If you're telling me that no Nikola Jokic is MVP, Denver has to at least be a four seed. They don't at least. have anyone. No, what are you talking about? They have a quality Compazzo? team. Composo, Jeff Green, <laughs> Je- Jeff Green, Monte Morris. They've no. had a solid team. I you, think if so, their big if, three of Nikola Jokic, Jeff Green, and Monte Morris compares to James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and Joel so Embiid. So you're gonna tell me. That so if the if the Nuggets were in the Eastern Conference, where would they finish? Definitely, do you think they do you think they'd, they'd even be in the plan? They'd be in the plan. Yeah, they'd be in the plan. Right? Okay. So if they're in the if they're in the sixth seed, the Sixers are the fourth seed in the Eastern yeah, Conference. They should be higher. Are you over the Why Bucks? is the Miami the one seed? Yeah. Over the because Miami's got quality players. The, they've got, the they've Bucks got key higher culture. If the Sixers Bucks have, have been healthier all year. Tyrese Maxey, James Harden, Joel Embiid, uh Tobias Harris, all these guys, and Nikola Jokic, his second man this year has been what? Aaron Gordon? If that. If that. Okay. And he's putting more, I told more you, assists. I told you it's a coin flip. I'll, I will tell you this. I will not be disappointed if Jokic gets the MVP. I'm just telling you from what I have watched this year, it's clearly, not clearly, it's Joel Embiid. Because I said it's a coin flip. It's, it's a coin Joel flip. Embiid. It's Joel It's Joel Embiid. Sixers, guys, the Sixers are fourth in, the, in what... I would argue is the toughest the Eastern Conference has been in a very long time. The Nuggets, if if Nikola Jokic is so great, they've got to finish higher than the Jazz. I mean, let's be honest here. So that's where I, that's where I stand. That's where I stand with it. No but disrespect. The Jazz have Donovan Mitchell and, I, and Rudy Gobert. I was going to add, yes, Caleb. I was right. Their second leading scorer was Aaron Gordon with 15 points a game. Oh, Nikola Jokic pretty Darius, much doubled that no. at 27. Will Barton. Was their number three. So their big three is Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, and Will Barton going up against Joel Embiid, uh, MVP, and one of the best young players in the league. Joel Embiid's the MVP. I just, I just, I, I just can't even put Joel Embiid over Giannis. I just gave you the stat. I just I gave you the stat. Giannis is, dis, dis, I think, is one of the most disrespected superstars in the NBA. Disrespected? Yeah, he I is. think disrespect. He's underrated. Okay, no one, I see no what one you gives mean. him. The, yeah, no one gives mean. him. No, so hey, we agree on something. But I <laughs> no. just look at. I just look Blasphemy. at. I just look at times. You look at the. Look at what happened. The, the entire Ben Simmons situation, right? Joel Embiid. So Ben Simmons is basically turned on the team. It's like I'm not playing for you guys. Instead of demanding 
and um, I was watching, again, Chris Broussard was talking about this a couple mm-hmm. of months ago, and this is a really good point. Instead of demanding Ben Simmons to be traded right away, Joel Embiid said, hold on, let's wait this out. I'm going to ball out so we still have a respectable record, and then I'm going to be patient, and then we'll get James Harden. So the patience worked out in his favor, and guess what? He's still putting up monster numbers than before James Harden came. But he has help. One last thing. One last thing on the MVP, and then we'll switch. <clears throat> if you go to the stats for each team, Nuggets and Sixers, if you go to the Sixers, your points, you get Joel Embiid. Rebounds, Joel Embiid. Assists, Maxi. Steals, Thibault. Blocks, Joel Embiid. You know if you go to the Nuggets, what you see? Nikola Jokic's face five times. <laughs> Leader in his team in every single category. NBA playoffs is about defense. Who do I want protecting my basket more, Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic at the end of the day? Was the MVP. But it's the but I mean in a playoffs in a playoff series who do you want for seven games? Nikola Jokic. No, easily a healthy no. over a healthy Joel Embiid. Yes, I'll take Giannis in that situation. I was saying, I'm sorry, I'm taking, I'm taking Giannis over both of them. That's my MVP. But in a one game, in a one game, it's probably still Giannis second, Yoke third, Embiid. Nikola Jokic this came to this came to Joel Embiid's house with no help and beat him. In a regular season game, he's leading. That's what his, it <laughs> he's leading his team in every category, every single one. He literally does everything for the team. So is it three to one? If Tanner think- was here, this may be a different discussion. And yes, folks, he is one of our other people at the table. But dude, Embiid is just—it's not a knock on Embiid. It's not a knock on Embiid. Scoring title. But y'all got Toronto in the first round. Y'all, if y'all don't like, sweep I'm them, like, like, the, like I'm Kevin Hart, like the Sixers are my team. <laughs> no, they don't sweep. That's going to be a tough series for sure. What? Uh, I Toronto go six, go Toronto six games. Play. Toronto, Toronto can, play. can play, and especially now that Matisse Thybul is not going to be able to play in Toronto, yeah. I think that can I, that can be an interesting series for sure. Don't sleep on the and Raptors, especially like. So the Nuggets are playing the Warriors. Let's say hypothetically they, let's say hypothetically they win and the Sixers lose, that it should just be ended right there. I mean, here's the problem with that. So there have now been reports, official reports, that Steph Curry will be back by Game One. <laughs> it's it's not looking too good. Oh, so that's that's Saturday. So it's three days. That's scary. Yep. Yeah. So that that isn't looking too good. Now, hear me out. If Denver could win one of these games, what's their stadium again? Oracle? No, uh, it's Chase. Chase Center Chase, in San Chase Francisco, Center, yeah. yeah. If Denver could steal one of those games and make this a seven-game series, I'll be proud of Yoke. I'll be proud. You got two of the greatest shooters of all time, plus Draymond, plus Andrew Wiggins, who was once one of the greater players in the league at one point. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole. I Yep, yep, yeah, that's who. That's who. That's who. Yeah, that too. That's and Steve Kerr is just, even better. Steve Kerr is just a phenomenal coach yeah. as well. Listen. All right, so quickly, real quick, um, let's just go kind of through the first round. So let's Miami Heat versus um, what do we want to say? We want to say the Cavs. Um, I would probably say the, the Miami Cavs, Heat yeah. versus Cavs. What do we think? Miami in six. Thrice. I'll, I'll agree with Caleb. Miami in six. Shane. What are, we, what are we talking again? Miami Heat versus Cleveland Cavs. First round. What's the prediction? Oh, yeah. Miami and six. All right. Boston Celtics versus Brooklyn Nets. We talked about we got a what? Uh, Celtics and six, Celtics and seven, and I've Celtics, got Celtics and five. And seven, yeah. Bucks, Bulls. Darius? I'm going to have to say Bucks in five. Caleb? I can't sleep on DeRozan, y'all. But Chicago has been terrible to end the season. They're- Bucks and six. Shane? Bucks and six. Sixers Raptors, Darius. That's going to be a really interesting series. I'm going to go Sixers. I'm going to go Sixers and six. I think, yeah. Sweep. Sixers and six. No, not a sweep. Sixers and a sweep. Oh. Oh. Sixers and Shame. a sweep. Really? I don't know. I I'm going to say Sixers and seven. What? I think Sixers. And, okay, I think Sixers. Off. Sixers and six is a very respectable one. Sixers and five or six. I don't think they'll sweep. All right. Suns versus the. Probably Wait. the Clippers. 
Clippers, do you think? What are we gonna say? Clippers? Um I'm gonna I'm gonna say Suns in I'm gonna say Suns in five. I think the Suns are do you think gonna play the West. Even if it's uh Spurs, Pelicans or Clippers, it's Suns in five. Um I think if it's if it's Suns, Spurs or Suns Pelicans, Suns sweep. If it's the Clippers, I think they go five. I think Paul Paul George is too okay. good to get swept. Caleb. If it's the Clippers, I'll say Five, maybe six, depending on how Reggie Jackson shows up for these games. But if it's the Pelicans or the Spurs, it's a sweep. Shane, I think they sweep no matter what. Oh, whoa! whoa. That's interesting. <laughs> even no even, the, even the Clippers? No, yeah. I, I kind of agree with that. I a think they bit do. Too. Devin Booker is playing like a stud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Memphis Grizzlies versus the Minnesota Timberwolves. Darius, that's going to be a really interesting series. Actually, I think I'm going to take. Memphis in seven. I think that series is going to go the distance. Real quick, I don't know if you, is Ja will Ja be back? Ja yes, should be back. He, back. he returned. He returned okay. this past weekend. Caleb, this is the one thing I will agree on with Darius today in terms of standings. But yeah, it's Memphis in seven, just because Timberwolves can play. Because like who on who on D'Angelo Memphis Russell, can stop Cat? Cat. Yeah, Darren Jackson maybe. Anthony Edwards, like that's that's a scary big three when you think about it. Sometimes, Shane agreed. All right, Warriors Nuggets Dries. I'm gonna have to go Warriors. I'm gonna say Warriors in five. Kill. Either Warriors in five or Nuggets in seven. Really, Shane? And another three-one comeback, baby. Is that is that <laughs> just? Are you saying just either way? Or are you saying? Like, one is with Steph, one's without. If the Warriors don't beat the Nuggets in five, it's Nuggets in seven. Who's guarding Jokic? That's what I'm saying. Like, no one. I mean, that's that's the thing. But at the same time, who's guarding Steph Curry and Klay Thompson? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, Mavericks, Jazz. This is going to be a super... Interesting series, and I'm we we were talking about this earlier, Caleb. Some reports that Luka Doncic might possibly miss Game One of this series. Mavericks have the home court, but if Luka Doncic is not available, I see the Jazz winning this series. I could see, yeah, I saw something. that was like, there's no timetable for his return. Uh, String cap? Are you, kidding Caleb? Me, bro? Um, here's the thing: if Luka is not back for Game One. I'm thinking this series might be over quicker than what we're expecting. Just because I refuse to believe that Fenny Smith is able to carry a team. At least right. I think he's a second option for him. Prediction? If Luka is not back for game one, this is a seven-game series with Utah on top. But if he doesn't come back, it's a sweep. Really? Shane? I was going to say Jazz in six. I was going to say Jazz in six, too. All right, so. No Luca? Let's just. Let's just <laughs> no win. On, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no Luca, no win. win. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, hold on. So, uh, we got the Miami Heat playing. What do we think? It, one plays the four and five, right? The winner of the four and five? It's probably going to be the Heat against the 76ers. Okay. And that is a seven game series. That's what do we, what do we yeah. think? I've got to go. I've got to go Heat in seven. Thank you. Heat and seven. All James right. Harden so is going to choke again. So two out of the three of you guys think Celtics. So we'll say Celtics versus Bucks. What do we think? I've got to go Bucks in six, probably. Yeah. Bucks in six. All right. We got Suns versus. What'd you guys say? Jazz. Mostly? Jazz and seven. Suns. Jazz. Wait, what? I'm taking. If Sun- Luca is here. No, no, no. Suns versus Jazz. Yeah. Suns versus Jazz. Jazz yeah. and seven. No. <laughs> I'll say that for the Dallas oh, and Jazz. Suns and six. Suns and six? I could say Suns and five. Yeah, Suns and five. All right, Utah then we got just not good uh, Grizzlies versus Warriors. That's going oh. to be a great <laughs> series. Yeah. I'm going to take Warriors and six. Really? Memphis and seven. I'm going Memphis all the way. Shane. I was going to say Warriors and seven. I was also going to say Warriors. I just think veterans. How yeah. many do you have Warriors in? Uh, Six or seven? Seven. We'll go seven. Okay. Uh, and then we got uh, Heat versus Bucks to make it to the championship. Bucks and seven. Bucks and five. <laughs> five? 
I don't care, bro. <laughs> Let's be fair. Bam is not stopping Yeah, who Giannis, won the bro? heat is stopping Giannis. <laughs> I was going to say Bucks and six. I was going to say Heat and seven. What? what? You're betting against Giannis? I am. How dare you bet against Giannis? I am. All right, Suns versus what, you said Warrior. Warriors. I'm, I'm probably the Warriors. Suns versus Warriors. What do you think? Suns. Suns and six. So, did we all really just agree on a rematch? I hope it's a rematch. I'm hoping I, it's a rematch. I, I really hope it's a rematch. I don't think it's a rematch. You think Warriors win that game? I honestly can't give you a winner of this series just because it's Chris Paul, Steph Curry, Devin Booker, Clay Thompson, and then DeAndre Ayton is a toss-up in games. But it all comes down to guard play in that series, which guard duo is going to play better, so I can't give you a real result until I see after this first round. See, real quick, um, the reason why I say Heat is I was talking to this with my friend last night. Like, yeah, like, who's stopping Giannis? But when you put, like, five versus five, the Heat's potential starting five could be Kyle Lowry, uh, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, uh, Victor Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. That that's a, a pretty small that, team, though. That's a that's, that's a crazy small. starting five, though. You're telling me that Giannis and Brook Lopez couldn't both get ten plus offensive rebounds a game? But the thing is, is is Bobby Portis gonna like Victor Oladipo is better than Bobby Portis? Tyler Hero, you think better than Chris Middleton? No, no, absolutely, absolutely not. not. No, no. Kyle Lowry better than Drew Holiday? But I think uh, I think Drew Holiday. I think maybe. yeah. I think Drew Holiday could lock up Kyle Lowry. Yeah, easily. That's yeah. all we need him for. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like the Heat. I like the coaching, the organization. I mean, no one thought they were gonna make it in 2020. What were they, the five seed or something? They're right? the five seed. Yeah. So why can't they make it now if they're the one seed? I do think they're like getting slandered to, to like an, a big amount, but I just think you know it's the Miami Heat. They know how to win. They've won multiple times. They made it to the finals. They took the Lakers to six when they literally had Jimmy Butler and four bums out there. <laughs> Bam out of bio. It was basically the same team. No, they didn't have uh, Oladipo. Tyler Hero and Bam. Okay, but they didn't have Lowry or Oladipo. I'll give you that, but it's kind of the same team all over again. They also they didn't have uh, P.J. Tucker. Yeah, stop the in 2020. Stop the cap. <laughs> I, I watched P.J. Tucker torch the Cleveland Cavaliers in person for 24 points, hitting like eight threes this past December. He's the LeBron stopper. Like, oh he is God. a LeBron stopper. <laughs> yeah. You ready, though? I'm okay. Gonna, I'm going to hit you with a hot take. I like being the hot take guy. It's fun. Oh, God. You ready? Because I guarantee the world is thinking exactly what Caleb said. Don't be surprised if you watch Philly meet the Bucks. In the, in, in the conference finals. In the conference finals. Do not be surprised. Bucks and five, if that happens. I absolutely agree, but don't be surprised if Philly does more than you think. I take Bucks and six. In that situation. Because I think the world's thinking the same thing you thought of Harden's going to choke again. Mm-mm. You, you watch. All right. Uh, any, else, any other quick statements real quick before we wrap it up, guys? Evan Mobley, Rookie of the Year, and Darius Garland, Most Improved Player. Darius so got <laughs> slandered today by all of us. <laughs> all right. Hey, I thought I, I, th- I tried to stand my ground. This was Sportsbeat, uh, hosted by WUB with Shane Scalfaro, Caleb McCluskey, Darius Sethna, hosted by Alex McCaleb. Taylor Burnett is our editor and technical assistant. You can catch us on Thursdays at 9 on WB 1340 AM and online at WUB.org, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Thank you for listening.